0: Hello and welcome to Build Momentum, where we help education organizations blow past their competitors with strategies that make an impact. We think beyond traditional press releases and generic communication tactics and seek out big, bold ideas to create meaningful results for our clients. I'm your host, Sarah Williamson, and I've spent more than 15 years in public relations for the education sector, where our team has learned what works and what doesn't when it comes to PR. From launching groundbreaking new industry awards to landing sought after panels at the most prestigious shows, we absolutely love this stuff. But the best part is we have an opportunity to interview some of the smartest people we know who share their knowledge and strategies for success right here on the show. If you enjoy what you hear, we would so appreciate if you please take a moment to drop us a review on whatever platform you listen. And if you wanna learn more about us, visit swpr-group.com. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Let's dive into the show. On today's episode, we have Brett Rower, the high school strategic partner lead for outlier.org, an organization that has set out to create the world's best for credit university level online courses and offer them at a fraction of the cost of a traditional college or university. So Brett actually spent 16 years empowering public high school students as an educator in Brooklyn, Queens, and the Bronx prior to joining Outlier. Brett, it's so great to have you on Build Momentum. Thanks for joining me. Sarah, thank you. This is an absolute honor and a pleasure. Of course. So would you start off by sharing more about your background as an educator and what led to your transition to EdTech?
1: Absolutely. So I started out as a social studies teacher at Automotive High School in Brooklyn and in my first few years i was really fortunate that my principal selected me to become what was called the senior advisor and that's where in addition to your teaching you help students transition to graduating high school and as i got into that role many students started asking me for additional post secondary support and i said no you can really speak to the college and career advisor about that that's not really my area of expertise and they were like well he locks us out of his office and because my classroom was right across the hall i started to notice this was an accurate true statement my students were making and so oh my that emotion in me of what are we preparing students? What is this diploma to nowhere for? And so I went back to my same principal and inspirational leader and I said, you've entrusted me to help students graduate. If you can entrust me to take on the college and career advisory piece, I'll still teach, I'll still do senior advisor, but I really want to make sure these students apply for financial aid and at least apply and get accepted to our local CUNY community colleges at a minimum. And so I was fortunate enough; I took on that role. Automotive High School is this transformational experience for me and other young educators. And unfortunately, one of the schools that were selected to be shut down due to underperformance by the New York City Department of Education. But I was fortunate enough to transition to another public high school in Queens, and they allowed me to build a college advisory program called College 101, where I got to build out over four years a nine through 12 college advisory with teachers teaching the course for elective credit for every single step of the way about how you can just be a little more prepared for your next step in your journey towards college and career success. From there, we selected to become a principal where I got to turn around a high school campus in the Bronx, Bronx Compass High School, where I started out, we had a 48% grad rate and we were able to accelerate that to 87% within four years. And that led right up to the pandemic. So after being a pandemic principal, I recognized the need for even more support for students in the online dual enrollment space. And that is what led me to getting the opportunity to join outlier.org and lead up their dual enrollment opportunities in the high school
0: space. Wow. So you were clearly an overachiever.
1: I was someone who always recognized a problem, didn't recognize a solution, but was always willing to throw my hat in the ring. I love that.
0: You know, I recently heard, I think actually Tiffany from IEI shared with me that counselors spend 38 minutes total with a high school student throughout the entire course of their career. Have you heard that stat? I did by fortunately getting to listen to the podcast um, recently. And
1: I have also echoed that quote and I found the statistic online to validate how much that was without knowing that statistic, that was exactly my purpose and why for building a four year elective sequence around preparing you for the next step. Because individual college and career advisors for all of their efforts have only so much time in a day and a caseload that's always going to be larger than their bandwidth. But by allowing thirty students in a room to learn from one teacher over the course of four years and earn high school credits, so validating that why, why do I need to know this, it has immediate and long term impact. So Yes, that was exactly my issue. I couldn't be everywhere at once as a college and career advisor, but I could become a college and career teacher and then train other teachers as well to empower all the students in a college going culture at the high school level.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. It clearly is a need. And okay, so now you made your way to Outlier. How did that happen? You were doing amazing work in public education. How did you end up conspiring to join Outlier? Will you share more about that?
1: Absolutely. So I'm sure this story is going to resonate with so many folks who were leading schools during the pandemic. We had a fantastic teacher, a unicorn, who taught our higher level math as well as our computer science courses. And it became one of the foundational reasons why we would ask a New York City public middle school student to join Bronx Campus because we had this amazing STEM program. Pandemic happens. As we know, it's a time of transition for so many members of education. This teacher left. We did not have a backup computer science, calculus, phenomenal teacher. And it made me immediately realize that, you know, that is not how you can build systemic change in an environment like the Bronx or in many other school districts that I've encountered since joining Outlier. You need, you know, uh, quality control and something that you can replicate repeatedly for year after year cohorts of students. And so when the pandemic happened and everyone was working so hard in our community to rebuild, to make sure we were safe, we definitely recognized our efforts were not translating immediately to having highly engaging versions of online education. So it definitely sparked to me, our efforts aren't meeting this moment. So what is? And that was where I approached Outlier and their mission to reduce student debt and increase access to high quality education was that light bulb for all the change I made in my uh, impact in public education. Those were two things I could not change the transferability of local dual enrollment credits or even you know some of the in-person AP or IB courses that schools offer, I couldn't make that an impact for my students once they left Bronx Campus, as well as reducing then their impact on their time spent at the college campus or their total cost of attendance. So this was just the next evolution. I have the pandemic to thank for that light bulb going off. As we know, for all of the tragedy that the pandemic brought, it did bring some inspiration in education that I do hope translates into the future. Mm-hmm. So That's how I uh, ultimately discovered Outlier and I'm so fortunate that I get to be part of this amazing
0: organization. How how has it been your transition because I know there are so many teachers who are making that jump and that taking that leap. What how's it been? What are the differences, you know, and what are your biggest takeaways so far?
1: Well, I think there's that moment of imposter syndrome, right? I've led in education and I've worked my way through this very, you know, specific field and had a lot of time to learn from my journey. And now I'm thrust into a brand new experience. So the first takeaway I had is similar to education, it's find your tribe, find your allies, find the people that recognize something in you that you don't even know you have, and keep learning from them. So obviously just gotta give some quick shout outs to Terrence from Paper, Jeff from Gaggle. I mean, these are two people who when I got the opportunity to attend an IEI summit in San Juan and AASA in Nashville, these two people are some of the you know national leaders in uh in ed tech. And they were just so generous with their time, their wisdom, just key reminders that you can do this. And here's some just basic first steps you should be taking in your journey. So that's so similar to education that find the great people who also are not, they are amazing leaders in their field, but they're also recognizing that they want to make everyone stronger and better because ultimately this is very similar to education. The ed tech side, we're partners. We're here to help students succeed. And in this exact instance, we're here to help school leaders and educators succeed. So that's my biggest takeaway. The titles are different, but the same mindset, mentality, and quality of human beings is similar.
0: I agree with you. I think there's a lot of great people in education, and you mentioned a couple good ones. Jeff Patterson is a real stud, and the work he does to help with all of the job listings and the job fairs that he's hosting right now, particularly for teachers who are leaving the field, hopefully some are staying too, by the way, but... Just that's a really inspiring venture that he's just embarked out on just to be a support to the community. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. If you're anything like us, most likely you have felt overwhelmed by the number of leadership books sitting on your shelf, just waiting for the perfect moment to be cracked open. But as we've all witnessed over the past two years, many of the traditional pillars of leadership are starting to crumble around us. That's why together with Dr. Quinton Shepherd, a superintendent from Victoria Independent School District in Victoria, Texas, we decided to write our own leadership book. We're excited to share that the secret to transformational leadership, which offers practical advice for change makers in any industry, at any level, who are ready to learn a new language of leadership is now available. Throughout the book, we share stories of leaders who are on their journey toward compassionate leadership and the many lessons they've learned along the way. By celebrating and empowering those around us, we create a ripple effect of empathy, kindness, and a sense of purpose for our life's work. We hope you'll join us on this journey. The book is available now on Amazon and at transformationalleadershipsecret.com.
1: And then another obviously major bucket is the superintendents I've been fortunate enough to meet. So, yeah. two biggest takeaways: things I didn't know I needed, both in my new role and even in my previous role. You know, there's three soups that I just that immediately came to mind: Susan Enfield, Tom Burton, and Siles. I've gotten to hear them speak now four times in the past two months, and I keep going whenever I attend one of these large conferences to their panels. And at first, I'm like, why not explore other people? And I realized it was because they make me feel so inspired, not only in my current role. But by where education is going, because there's leaders like that who could speak eloquently, who are brave, who have a track record of success and inspiring an entire community, that that just keeps filling up my bucket. And every time I come back to, you know, New York, it makes me just want to continue to do this work, to keep trying to find these people in whatever avenues and methods I can. But those people are clearly stating what they want from EdTech. They want people who want to listen, who want to partner, who want to collaborate. They don't want you to show up and say, I've solved your problem without first learning about what their unique problem is and being a partner in the ed tech journey with educational leaders. So those are two big buckets, but those are the kind of people that make you just so inspired every day to be part of this field.
0: I totally agree. And we recently saw each other at ASU GSV. What a fun show. That was such a great show. We had so much fun and learned so much. I think we both agree. And what were some of your biggest takeaways from such a big show? And the reason I bring that up is, both Tom Burton and Susan Enfield I saw them speak there as well and I couldn't agree more that they are just complete rock stars.
1: Yeah, so this was my second opportunity to attend ASU GSV. And so I think when I think back to the one last year, the biggest noticing was just how everyone they were so excited to come back together in person and I think everyone needed that space to kind of collectively grieve and share their stories of, you know, surviving the pandemic, not knowing what was to come later on in 2021. 2022 was more of a call to action. And I think it was like around a few key areas. One, the trauma that students and educators suffered. How are we addressing it? And who are going to be the key leaders in making sure that you know students' needs are met as we transition to what I guess we'll call post-pandemic education? Two, was hearing from some of those leaders I mentioned and others is how to ensure don't go backwards. And I think for all the lip service people have said, that is really probably one of the biggest fears that I have as both an educator and in my new role in ed tech is it's so easy to revert to what was comfortable, but it was so obvious that comfortable wasn't working for so many different demographics in education that to go back would be a true loss on top of all the other suffering that people endured the past few years. So I think hearing from key leaders in both education and ed tech, there is a pathway forward. We need to be brave and work together to meet it. Mm-hmm. And then the last person, the person who crystallized that way better than me is obviously Darrow from Run DMC. <laughs> he had to speak to a room full of ed tech leaders and educators and members of the GSV community. And he said it best, right? If we're not gonna collaborate, if we're not gonna listen and learn from one another with all this power we collectively have, both at you know school level and then with technology, you know, that would really be the biggest misfortune from everything that's occurred the past few years. We need to keep collaborating together.
0: Run DMC says it best. I love that. Okay. So Brett, I had a front row seat to watch you in action. I noticed at ASUGSV, but also at IEI in Puerto Rico, you're such a natural connector. You make promoting outlier look super easy and you're really building authentic relationships with organizations, superintendents, district leaders, and it seems like it's working for you. <laughs> so I would love, especially because this show is all about PR and building those relationships and authentically telling your story. Tell us more about how you've been able to navigate this new ed tech world so seamlessly. And if you have advice for other companies and leaders and founders and CEOs looking to do the same.
1: Wow. First of all, one thing I continually want to highlight, recognize, and appreciate is that you and many of the people in your network are who I consider the leaders who I continue to look to and aspire to in terms of how to build authentic relationships in this new space. So any time I'm recognized by any of you all. Believe me, I'm blushing very much on this side of this recording. What I definitely want to highlight is what makes it easy to want to be so passionate about outliers. Because as I mentioned, when I first started, I only applied to one ed tech company. I applied to outlier.org because I so passionately believe in the mission. It is just a larger impact than I ever could have hoped to imagine starting out. Like I said, as a teacher in Brooklyn who was just called to action by what I saw was a grave injustice. Never in a million years would I could I have extrapolated where this could take me one day. So so fortunate, and that just again makes the work like right? working for a visionary leader. You know, Aaron Rasmussen is the CEO and founder of Outlier, the co-founder of Masterclass, to get to work with folks like that who have a vision for how to inspire, hopefully, the entire community of education around a better way to do college online with the best university professors in the world. So I just want to state that that can't be clearly enough said. Find an organization that aligns with your purpose and mission. And then it's never work, right? It's just talking about Mm -hmm. something you love. So that's one. Two, for all that praise you provided me, I definitely want to say I have definitely learned a lot from my mistakes. I think one of the biggest ones is, you mentioned it and I do credit my passion for Outlier with this. I have been able to form relationships with educators, both on my previous experiences and bonding over the last few years of leadership, but also in the transition to ed tech and online dual enrollment courses. This is what I truly believe in. However, I have noticed that don't mistake that initial spark with meaning it's time to transition to sales or pitching. Foster and nurture relationships. I cannot stress that enough is how different I approach this now. Just a few months after getting to go on all these different uh, conferences in this uh, initial beginning of 2022, I now recognize, and so many soups told me this, and in the moment while they're telling me this, I'm still like not receiving their information and really putting it into practice build relationships. The partnerships will come. The relationships are what will matter now and what will make you you be able to multiply those relationships into tangible partnerships within their networks. So that is step one. Do not pitch. Build trusting relationships. And if you're authentic about it, those other partnerships will come. Patience is difficult in this because educators and people in my field of ed tech, We want results. We're success, result-oriented people. And I guess the reason why sometimes I push it is I want high school students to experience this nationwide. It's not about the sale. It's about the experience and exposure for high school students. I don't want another year or two to wait for that student. So I have to temper my love for bringing this to students with that is going to come in due course if you can build trust and relationships with innovative educators. So I hope that was helpful for anyone out there who's also made this transition or who's looking to expand a mission-driven organization.
0: I couldn't agree more. That is so well said. And I think people don't talk about that enough. I think we assume that, oh, I'm friends with them. Let me pitch them. No, because then you're all of a sudden, you might actually harm your friendship and your new bonding relationship that you're creating with those superintendents or anyone. So for me, I have to just think about just continue. And the funny thing is the more you become friendly and play basketball well with them at IEI events, the more people will approach you about for example, doing their PR. And it's continuing to work for me too. So I completely agree. Yeah. And that also, I just want to shout
1: out two two major organizations that when I think about what does it mean to build a trusting relationship? And again, I want to continue to be honest and say, learn from your mistakes. IEI, that network of superintendents and you know partners in education solutions, that's a great example of just when you're there, you get a chance to pitch in a two-minute drill and really show your passion and enthusiasm for why you want to work with these amazing school districts. But it's that downtime. It's that time to just build authentic relationships and don't try to leave there closing a deal. One, so many soups are just so, they've given you so much of their time to explain, like, that's not how this will work. We will mm-hmm. talk. We'll build a relationship. I will bring this back to my team. I am the, the superintendent said is They are very team-oriented. They're not going to just immediately say, Wow. Brett, let's do this. That would be, you know, that would just be not a good leadership on their end. So build the relationship there so that you can take it away and also realize you're going to see these people more and more often at future events and conferences, and they are already going to have a built-in network there. So again, it's it's about building that trusting relationship. And the other uh, organization I wanted to highlight that's been an amazing partner with Outlier.org so far is the League of Innovative Schools. The same thing. I mean, it's an umbrella of the most innovative people in the world trying to make change at districts nationwide. And when they come together, I mean, the energy and the passion and just the inspiration and spark in the room is amazing. And I say those two, uh, those two organizations because the last thing I want to highlight is if you get the chance, and I say this to people in EdTech tech or really anyone, if there's an innovative or inspiring leader, ask to visit their school. Again, this is not for a sales. It's to fill you up and see like what you're doing and why it matters. It's been amazing on the other side is just to get to visit innovative schools. So I got to visit Lakota on the League of Innovative School convening in the Cincinnati region and Gajon Valley at the ASU GSV Summit. And to not be a school leader, just get to walk into schools and just be inspired, and even if it hadn't been an amazing experience, which it was, not having to worry about anything other than just like be present, enjoy, watch students be excited about learning. Just do yourself a favor, and when you connect with someone in education, just ask if you're permitted to visit their school and see what makes them most excited about their own job or their own aspect of change in education. That I highly recommend.
0: Great suggestion. And if you're a parent, get in your kids' classrooms. If you're allowed, do it. It's amazing that what you can see and what you can experience. Oh, Brett, this is awesome. Is there any final advice or was that your final advice?
1: <laughs> I think this book I read to my, my children all the time, be bold, be brave and be you. And hopefully you continue to just find your purpose in education wherever that leads you to and to try just keep inspiring educators and each other to do best by students.
0: Amazing. You are a rock star. So fun to have you on the show. You have really great lessons to impart that I think we can all apply. Whatever industry, I mean, hopefully education, but we can all apply these life lessons. So thank you so much. Appreciate your time today. Yes. Thank you so much again. I'll see you soon at another event soon. Can't wait. Thanks again, Sarah. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the show, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review, we'd be so grateful. This helps other listeners find and learn about our show. And please reach out if you're interested in learning more about how we can elevate the leaders of your organization with our PR services. If you'd like, you can even shoot me a direct email at sarah, S-A-R-A-H at swpr-group.com. I look forward to hearing from you and we will see you next time.